The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars Popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. St. Simeon Stylites This is the story of one of the 5th century's most astonishing saints, a remarkable holy man who climbed to sainthood on a rock. And this story begins with two youthful shepherds guarding a huge flock of sheep on a bright, moonlit night. It is your turn to sleep, Simeon. Lie down. I shall take the watch. I hate to close my eyes, Jonathan. Perhaps we should both stay on watch tonight. We must prevent that thief from stealing our sheep. Have no fear, Simeon. The moon is bright tonight. This time he will not steal without being seen. Remember your promise, Jonathan. You will wake me if you see the thief. Fear not, Simeon. I will remember my promise. Now lie down. Sleep. Satisfied by the words of the youth whom he considered his best friend next to God, Simeon lay down on a nearby rock and swiftly fell asleep. When he was finally satisfied that Simeon was fast asleep, Jonathan set off hurriedly for the other end of the herd. A tall man stepped out of the shadows and waved a greeting to Jonathan. Here, Jonathan. Reuben, stay in the shadows. If Simeon wakes up and discovers us, our plan is finished. Nonsense. We will simply take him in with us as a partner. Our plan can't fail to make him see things as we do. You don't know Simeon very well. Jonathan! 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 Where are you? Reuben, get back into the shadows. Hurry. I'll try to meet Simeon before he gets here. He mustn't see you. Jonathan! Where are you? Here I am, Simeon. 
What's wrong? God sent me a dream. I dreamed I went to heaven on a climbing rock. You went to heaven on a climbing rock? A straight, narrow rock like a pillar. Climbing, climbing to heaven. With me on top. Oh, it was only a dream, an ordinary dream, Simeon. Your dream has ended. Now go back to sleep. What are you doing so far down here? Jonathan. Hmm? I thought I saw somebody in the bushes just now. Must be the thief that we've been looking for. Come. He's about. Let's try to flush him out. No, no, no. You saw only shadows. I'm sure I saw the figure of a man. You imagined it. What is wrong with you, Jonathan? Let us get that thief now. Oh, go back to sleep, Simeon. There is no thief down there. What are you saying, Jonathan? Go back to sleep. Stay out of this. Uh, let go of my staff. I'll have him out of those bushes. Simeon, you should have heeded Jonathan and gone back to sleep. Reuben, what does all this mean? It's obvious, isn't it? You, a thief. May God have mercy on you. Simeon, listen. How would you like to be a rich man? To be a rich devil, you mean. May God have mercy on your soul. Uh, pray for me another time, Simeon. Meanwhile, listen to my proposition. I'll listen to no propositions from a disciple of the devil. Jonathan, listen to me. There is only one way we can save your brother now. If Reuben returns all the sheep he stole, we shall tell our employer that the lost sheep have been found, and we shall say no more. Reuben's secret will always be a secret. It will be forgotten. Simeon, you are superb. I spoke not to you, Reuben, but to Jonathan, your brother. Although how Jonathan can be brother to a thief, only God knows. Wake up, Simeon. Jonathan is not only my brother... He's also my brother, Thief. Jonathan, tell your brother he is a liar. Jonathan, why don't you answer this lie? I, my brother speaks the truth, Simeon. I helped Reuben steal a sheep each night while you slept. Reuben sells the sheep and saves the money. When we have enough money, we shall buy land. Oh, Simeon, help us. You shall have half my share. What do you say? Get away from me. Go with your brother. Go live with your brother. With your father, the devil. And when Jonathan and I swear that you are the thief, Simeon, and when we produce a merchant from Antioch to swear that you stole the sheep he bought, where will you live, Simeon? You have learned the devil's lessons well, Reuben. It was with three false witnesses also that Christ was condemned to die on the cross. Oh, Simeon, listen to me. No one is condemning anybody. Do you not see? We must defend ourselves. You must defend yourselves. Against what? Against honesty and truth? Jonathan, until tonight we were brothers under God. And now... We still would be brothers under God if you hadn't had that stupid dream about rocks climbing to heaven. Why couldn't you have stayed asleep and left us in peace to do what had to be done? Simeon, it is not too late. Why can't you now forget what you know since you can't do anything about it? You're wrong, Jonathan. A man can always do something about evil. He can always walk away from it. He can turn toward God. Then go sit on a climbing rock and turn toward God and see what he'll give you as a reward for your stupidity. Reuben, do not blaspheme. Simeon, wait. Reuben meant no harm. We may be thieves, but we are not blasphemers. Is not theft itself blasphemy? Every sin is an act of contempt against God. Oh, I wish you would not leave me, Simeon. You have made the choice, not I, Jonathan. 
I cannot live with evil. Where are you going, Simeon? He's going to find a climbing rock and sit on it till it reaches heaven. Oh, mock him not, Reuben. Simeon, Simeon, my brother under God, for so many years shepherding sheep with me on these lonely mountains, my heart cries out against this parting. Simeon, where are you going? I go to live with God. I want nothing more from men. Well, where do you go? A voice inside keeps telling me to go to the monastery of the mountains. Come with me, Jonathan. Turn your back on evil. Simeon, alas, I cannot go with you. Simeon set off alone for the monastery of the mountains, arriving several hours later with bruised and bleeding feet. He tried to open the great wooden monastery door. It was the abbot himself who opened the peephole door and stared at the wild-looking man outside. A halo of moonlight surrounded the shepherd's face, giving him a tremulous, unearthly look. What is it? What is it? What do you want? I want to come in and live with God. I want to live in the monastery with God. An application to enter a monastery, my son, should be made at a more reasonable hour and in a more reasonable manner. The love of God is not a reasonable feeling, Father Abbot. It is a fire burning inside me. It is a fire pulling me toward God. God wants me inside the monastery. Uh, you simple creatures are always telling me what God wants. Who are you? I am Simeon the shepherd. God told me to become a monk. I am the father abbot of this monastery, and God never told me about Simeon the shepherd becoming a monk. I must enter this monastery. It is God's will. God's will. God's will. Simeon, you must go back to your sheep, your poor lost sheep. They need you. I do not need the sheep. I need God. I need to come into your monastery. You may not need your sheep, Simeon, but they need you. It is your duty to care for your sheep. Do you think a monastery is a hiding place for people who wish to run away from their duty? You are not coming into this monastery with that idea in your mind. I have no duty now except to be a monk and serve God. The care of my sheep I have given to Jonathan. Who is Jonathan? Jonathan was my comrade. Was? I called Jonathan my brother under God. But that was yesterday. Yesterday? Yesterday, Jonathan was your brother under God. Today, what is he? Today, Jonathan is a disciple of the devil. He has become a liar and a thief. And he wanted me to be a liar and a thief with him. I have turned my back on men... I want only to live with God now. Anger with your fellow man is no reason for becoming a monk. I am not angry with my fellow man. I am angry only with the devil. That is why I want to come into the monastery. The devil will never come here. My son, I wish I were as sure of that as you. Nevertheless, I think you had better come back tomorrow. Let us both sleep on this question. I will never again leave your door till you open it and let me enter. Wait, wait, wait. I know that the Bible says that heaven can be captured by violence. But to me, the most impressive form of violence is obedience. I command you to go away and return only when your head has lost some of its fever. Father Abbot, shall I obey you or shall I obey God? Simeon, may God forgive you. Are you trying to tell me that I speak with the voice of the evil one? I know nothing about other voices. I know only that 
God told me not to stir from your doorstep till you let me enter. Then you may take root there for all I care. But inside this monastery you shall not step foot, not tonight or any other night, till you learn the meaning of obedience. And Simeon, as he promised, lay down on the rocky threshold. For five days and five nights, Simeon lay quiet on the rocks outside the monastery. Commands, scoldings, threats brought only the inevitable reply from Simeon. That he was merely obeying God's command to become a monk, or come as close to being one as possible. When the abbot ordered his men to move Simeon bodily from the monastery threshold, the rugged shepherd made no resistance. But as soon as he was released, Simeon promptly ran back to the threshold. The abbot, greatly displeased and made increasingly stubborn by the stubbornness of Simeon, promptly set a night and day guard on the monastery threshold to keep Simeon away. Simeon simply lay down on the rocky ground as close to the monastery as the guard would let him stay. Finally, in desperation, the abbot sent for Simeon's pastor, Miletius, a priest from Antioch. Enter. Ah, oh, Father Miletius, Father Miletius, you are indeed most welcome. Come in. Uh, I suppose you saw him on the way in? It was difficult to see anything for the crowd of Arabs around your monastery. Why did you send for me, Father Abbot? Well, surely you see the reason staring you in the face, Father Miletius. Simeon is one of your parishioners, is he not? Uh, yes, Father Abbot. Simeon is my parishioner. In fact, I came and spoke with Simeon late last night when you were asleep, Father Abbot. I even felt compelled by my conscience to tell Simeon I felt he had harassed the dwellers of a house of God enough. I told him he should stop. I even commanded him to stop. Well, don't tell me his answer, Father Miletius. I already know it. God has commanded Simeon to live in our monastery, and he is only obeying God's commandment. Those wild Arabs out there are beginning to talk and act as if he were a prophet persecuted by me out of jealousy because he is closer to God than I. I know that the jealousy part of that remark is ridiculous, but what about the other part, Father Abbott? Hmm? What other part? The part about Simeon being closer to God than you or I. Your... Your words make me stop and think, Father Miletius. Of course only God can know a man's heart. I suppose you are trying to tell me that I should take Simeon into the monastery. The Arabs would have no further reason to continue loitering around the monastery if you did. I only pray with all my heart that Simeon's coming into our monastery may be truly God's will. But my sad experience has been that when a wild man enters a holy place, the holy place is more likely to become wild before the wild man becomes holy. Thus it was that Simeon became a monk. But as the prudent abbot had pessimistically feared... Simeon's seemingly undisciplined behavior began to have an effect. First, although Simeon ate food only one day each week, 
he would not give back a scrap of the food he received daily. Next, he tied a rope so tight around his waist that his flesh actually grew over the rope. But the straw which broke the back of the abbot's patience was Simeon's being lost or missing for three days in the monastery itself. Later, after the monks had given up the three-day search, Simeon was found on his knees in a deserted water tank, from which he had to be dragged by force to face the outraged abbot. Simeon, Simeon, what am I going to do with you? When will you ever know what obedience means? I know what obedience to God means, Father Abbot. I doubt that statement very much, Simeon, very much. Each day we give you food and command you to eat, yet you do not obey. I obey God, who tells me to eat only on the sixth day, and to give the rest of the food to the starving poor, who come to the monastery door crying softly when you are asleep. Why did you not tell me this before? I had too much praying to do, to waste time on gossip. Gossip? Gossip? Oh, Simeon, what am I going to do with you? I know you mean well, but some of the penances you impose on yourself are inhuman. The flesh must be mortified, Father Abbot, and brought under the rule of the spirit. Mortifying the flesh is one thing, Simeon. Mistreating your body the way you do is a crime against the temple of the Holy Spirit. The scripture says, If thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. If thine arm be to thee an occasion of sin, cut it off. Father Abbot, I cannot be one of those lukewarm things that Christ speaks about. I cannot be a whitewashed wall. I must, I will give all of myself to God. I know I'm not worthy, but if I give my all to God, if I hold nothing back, then I know that his infinite mercy and his infinite generosity will not fail to fill up what is lacking in me to be worthy of his friendship. My son, I stand abashed before your words. Sometimes when you speak, I seem to sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in your words. Tell me, Simeon, why did you hide for three days in the deserted water tank? I did not hide, Father Abbot. I wanted only to be alone with God. The empty water tank was the only place the monks never go near. But three days, Simeon! Did you not know we were searching for you? With God, there is no time, Father Abbot. I did not know three days had passed, or even that you were seeking me until you told me so. Simeon, Simeon, your soul is so close to God, I dare not be the judge of your actions. And yet, I owe a duty to your fellow monks. Pray for me, Simeon, that I may not fail either you or your brother monks. I have prayed, Father Abbot, and God has told me what to ask of you next. Ask, then, my son. Ask. Halfway up Mount Telenassus, there is a tiny deserted house where a hermit once lived. God has told me to come away from the low ground. God has told me to climb up toward him on a rock. I can no longer stay on earth without moving toward heaven. For three years, Simeon lived alone in the hermit's tiny house on Mount Telenassus, praying, 
eating only infrequently whenever some visitor brought him food. In time, the holy man on Mount Telenassus became quite famous. After three years, the visitors became too numerous, too distracting to his continuous prayers. So Simeon moved to the top of the mountain, living without shelter in the cold loneliness. There he built the pillar-like rock on which he lived. And there was his pulpit. The visitors continued to follow the hermit. They listened, and Simeon preached. Simeon's fame as a preacher grew great amid the wild Arabs of the surrounding regions. The Arabs understood and accepted the wild, untamed Christ of Simeon's sermons, as they never could have accepted the gentle Christ preached by such kindly and gentle priests as Miletius and the abbot. My brothers, whose spirits are like the wild winds of the mountain, free and untamed, listen to my words. Listen. Because you are not winds, but human beings, images of a living God. You are not mere herders of goats or sheep or camels. You are children of a king, the greatest king of all the kings on earth. For God is truly king of kings. You are royal beings. You are sons of the king. Do you live like the children of a king of kings? Or do you live rather like the children of thieves and beggars? My brethren under God, my fellow kings of the spirit, how can you stoop to lie or cheat or quarrel with your brethren? Your brethren, who carry like you the common cross of the daily march toward the first death, which no man can escape. But the second death, oh brothers, the second death, the eternal death of hell and the tortures of hell, that second death, if ye be true children of the one true king, you can escape, and your escape can begin this moment under the shadow of this rock. And the price of your escape is so cheap that you are lunatics indeed if you refuse to pay it. For the price of your salvation is two small gifts, personal gifts. The first gift is a sincere offering of five small words. Five small words. And they are I am all yours, God. I am all yours, God. And the second gift is your heart to go with the first gift. One morning, after spending all night on his knees in prayer, as he often did atop his tall pillar, which was now 50 feet up in the biting mountain air, Simeon heard a familiar voice shouting hoarsely down below. Simeon, come down. Simeon, I beg you, come down. Who calls me to come down to earth? It is I, Jonathan, your brother under God. Simeon. 
I have come back to you. What do you want from me, Jonathan? I am dying, Simeon. Have mercy on a dying man. As you yourself hope for mercy. Simeon came down the long, swinging rope ladder. Jonathan was lying on the ground, gasping for breath. Simeon, forgive me my sins. I have no power to forgive sins, my brother. You, you called me your brother. All men who suffer and come to God are my brothers. When, when we were boys before I sold my soul to the devil, we were truly brothers. Have you forgotten... I will never forget. You were dead, and you have come to life again. How can you say I have come to life when I am even now dying? Have you suffered so much and not yet learned that you do not start to live till you start to come near to God? I, I see the truth now, Simeon. My heart cries out with, with shame at the memory of the long, crooked road I've walked. You know, when we were boys together, we were so close to God, you and I. Every day was a happy stretch on the road to heaven. When did I take the wrong turn, Simeon? We lived in a world so full of words and movements. A world that made so much noise that we forgot who made the world. And us. Uh, I forgot. You remembered why did I forget, Simeon? You put second things first. You put money before prayer. You put food for your stomach before food for your soul. You put this world before the eternal world. You put the memory of yourself before the memory of God. After Jonathan's death, Simeon struggled back up to the top of his climbing rock to await his own approaching death. Today, St. Simeon's climbing rock is recognized as a symbol of his human will reaching up to unite itself to God's will. Rock-like in his faithfulness to the right choice in the ever-returning question of whether a man is to be a devil or a saint. Listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world 
serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.